Well, Christmas is in the air, Paul. I think we're, what, almost just a little over six weeks out, and we're around six weeks out. You, uh, you're you going to put up Christmas lights today after we're finished recording. I am, yes. Uh, as you know, I, I'm a big proponent of putting up the, the Christmas lights, getting into the, the festive spirit. And uh, Well, we know that from last year's episode. Well, that, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was just going to say that our, our listeners, if, uh, if their memories are, are that good, they will remember... I guess our episode that we recorded last December, we talked about Christmas lights, and um, I think my one of my comments was, "Why are people not, you know, sort of highlighting those individuals that don't get into the Christmas spirit? You know, those houses that have no Christmas decorations up whatsoever, yeah. no effort has been put into it." Right, you know, the Jewish and the Muslim people that uh, don't yeah. celebrate, <laughs> they should put up Christmas yeah. lights just for our benefit. Yes. <laughs> Well, obviously, yes, there is going to be some people that just don't celebrate Christmas, but certainly in my area, there's not, to my knowledge, I don't think there's there's that many people that would not be celebrating. Really? You're making, that's a big assumption. Well, maybe it is. However, I I think the majority, there's, let's just say there's a lot of homes that probably should be putting up Christmas lights that that don't make the effort. (laughs) I'm not expecting every should single be house putting up Christmas lights. Well, okay. they, I think they should. I think it's. I think. Well, we talked about it around this time last year. It's a sense of community. It's a sense of just being in the festive spirit, and especially with everything that's gone on with COVID, I think it's it's a good thing to kind of embrace and, and get into. But so, what if Christmas is, you don't celebrate Christmas and you see Christmas as a way to get into some sort of a spirit, but. Some people don't see Christmas that way. Well, in 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 terms of of your comments about certain uh, ethnicities that may or may not celebrate Christmas, you know, my observations is that you know even different cultures, you know, I have seen people at least put up Christmas lights. You may not necessarily celebrate Christmas, but it's it. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be putting up Christmas lights because there's a lot of people that do. It, hmm. As I said, it's, it's just a sense of of. You know the the festiveness the of of the Christmas season. But I, for who? For everyone. For for, for you. The, you care no, about but this. Why why are you so against people putting out Christmas lights? I'm not against it. I'm just giving yeah. the benefit. You know that Stephen Covey has a a one of his seven habits is seek first to understand, mm-hmm. then to be understood. All I'm saying is that there was a large number of houses last year that did not have Christmas lights up. And that yes. just struck me as being a bit odd. You know what? So, we're adding a project. Christmas lights today. We it's have updates. Nice okay. We have updates, by the All way, right. on our projects. But I, I'm going to give you another project. Okay. You are going to approach a home or two in your neighborhood that don't have Christmas lights up. You're going to knock on the door. You're obviously going to have to wait a few weeks for this, like maybe the second week of December. Knock on a door and ask why they don't have Christmas lights up. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> You're expecting me to get a punch in the face or something, or uh, or, or a complaint on the uh, on the Facebook, the, the community Facebook page. Yeah, yeah there's, there's this there's, guy there's some, that's knocking, going door to door, going door to door, asking about Christmas decorations and why they're not put up. <laughs> yeah, so you're not accepting this challenge? I don't think so. No, it's obviously it's someone. If you decide not to put up Christmas decorations, and yeah, obviously that that's your decision to make. It's your home. You can do whatever. But right. I just think it's odd, and I just think that 
those who don't put up the Christmas decorations, unless you have a really good idea, there's no reason why you can't do something. At least, okay, so yeah. what about Diwali? That was just celebrated a couple of weeks ago. Why don't yeah. you have any Diwali celebrational stuff on your house? Now, I have a feeling this could go down some controversial path yeah. right here, but, but no, let's but, okay, take a no, holiday you don't celebrate. Here. No, we're not. In Harris. Yes, you are. No, because take Christmas is a universal holiday where everyone celebrates. Everyone gets the day off work. It's such a commercialized event. That, oh, man, you're throwing yeah. a bunch of stuff. Commercialized event. Well, maybe that's exactly the reason people don't want to celebrate it the way yeah. you're describing. But why not have Christmas decorations up? It's nice to look at. You know, it's no matter how commercialized Christmas gets, one of the, the nice Christmas traditions is to go around the neighborhood and, and look at the Christmas lights. I just think it's a nice thing to do. It's a neighborly thing. It's a sense of community. That's all. You do remember don't, what don't Christmas. Don't overthink it, my friend. But you do remember what Christmas is is the real reason we have the Christmas. What? And you're, you're talking about the, the whole, like the more, the religious aspect of it or? Well, isn't that what Christmas is? The reason well, Christmas? Yes. Yeah. I'm just, Hey, you're, you're overthinking this. No, I'm not. You're, you're overthinking it. I'm just you're, saying it's nice no, to have Christmas No, you've turned it into a commercialized up. thing because it was it's about just, the birth of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And now you're saying it's, it's about putting Christmas lights up. The Christmas lights, my view on the Christmas lights is that it's from a sense of community. It's a, it's, it's a means to kind of, you know, come together as, as a, as a neighborhood, as a, as a community group. Why not have Christmas decorations? And why not spread the cheer? Why? Because people enjoy looking at the Christmas lights. Why you not sort of spread them? them out? A lot of people do. Like up in um, in Durham region, uh, not far from where I am, uh, like North Bowmanville area, there's an area um, of homes that have a spectacular uh, Christmas light display. It's on Old Scugog Road, mm -hmm. and it's it's a tourist attraction in itself. Oh, like again, in, commercialized. Does someone have to throw money yeah, into a bucket before no, they drive through? All. No, not at all. People just grab a coffee, get in the car, and just drive along this 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 neighborhood area and just looking at the Christmas lights. There's like literally hundreds of cars and it's, it's, it's a good thing. It brings people together. People enjoy it. Into their cars, creating dangerous <laughs> carbon monoxide oh, fumes. Man, don't, don't be a glass half empty kind of guy. Come on. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to leave this. I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to think about this whole knocking on the door and, and inquiring thing. Don't say I, no quite yet. I, I will say this. If you don't put up Christmas decorations, I will definitely be knocking on your door. All right. We got project updates to give. Um, we each had a couple. Mine was about my memory. I'll, I'll start with it. So I uh, did contact my doctor in a previous episode. We discussed um, that I was concerned about my memory that I find myself just not as sharp as I used to be. So I called, I had a checkup with my doctor and I brought this topic up. And so in December, I should be partaking in something called the Montreal Cognitive Based Assessment or Montreal Cognitive Assessment. assessment. And this is an assessment that they give to people who have um, to test for memory deficiencies. Um, so they use this for People they suspect could have dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, a whole list of possible, I guess, brain diseases. So I'm going to be taking the assessment. I don't think it. I think it's like 12 minutes or 15 minutes. So that's uh, that's not scheduled yet because they told me to call them in early December to set it up. It's done by a nurse, and yeah, so that's where I'm at with my memory project. 
Okay. That sounds pretty interesting. I've never heard of that before. It sounds, uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested to know. I'm sure everyone would be interested to know what's involved in that. Um, well, I can share one quick thing because I, I, I was interested as well. So I Googled it. And just to give you an example of the types of questions they ask, it would be something like draw a clock, like an analog clock face that is showing the time 240. Okay. On it. So then you have to draw that on a piece of paper, how that would look. Yeah. And I looked at examples of different memory deficiency levels. So a healthy person can draw it out. And then a person with some signs of it start showing like the numbers are kind of in the wrong spots. And then the worst was like somebody had like one to 12 all crammed into the top right corner of the clock face. So it was uh, interesting. Or they get you to recall numbers back to you, them. Like they'll say, okay, 12, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. Can you repeat those back? And then you, and you try to repeat it back. Okay. Or they'll give you words to remember. Like they'll say horse, sky, dog, picture. And then you repeat it back. And then they'll ask you like 10 minutes later to repeat those words back to see if you remembered them. So that's kind of the stuff they test for. So by you doing this test, are you just wanting to do it more for peace of mind just to make sure there's nothing wrong? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if, if, if the test comes back positive, as in, you know, there's no problems or anything, will that sort of put your mind at ease and yes. move on yes. from this? Okay. Yes, it will. Because right, the doctor enough. said it could be a diet thing, could be you need more B12s or... Uh, it could be related to, to that, which I'm doing a blood test, by the way, too, which they'll be able to check that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, it will give me peace of mind. Because if, if they tell me everything looks fine, then I can at least look at other things like diet, sleep, things like that. So I'll feel much better after I've done the test. And if it comes back negative, yeah, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not sure how I'll react. I guess it's how negative does it come back and what does yeah. it mean? And, and uh yeah, and maybe maybe even the cognitive assessment, oh, I have no idea. Like, it could come back and say, well, this is showing some signs of, of issues. Then maybe they still say oh, it could be diet-related or it could be sleep-related. I don't know, but we'll find out. Well, you won't know until you find out, until, until you take the test. So, yeah, keep us posted. I will. So, um, that won't come up for uh, maybe the Christmas episode will have an update, and hopefully it'll be a good news that we can unwrap and... <laughs> Okay, so you have an update on Nav Badger. What's yes, going on now? Is it something so, you've told me? There's an update. Or am I going to be just? Is it like, oh, he still hasn't got back to me, or he told no, me to screw no, you? Hey, I, Give me some not. info here. Tell us what what no, Nav this, had to this say. This is a productive update. And, so, and Nav is the fan, the super fan that we talked about. Yes. Yeah. So yes, for for those who may have. You know, let's say if there's any listeners that may have missed that particular episode, we were talking about... Or this is their first episode. Yeah, that too. Um, welcome listener. By the way, welcome listeners who have yes, welcome. who've joined us perhaps for the first time. But we're going to give a little uh, backstory on Nav very quickly. Yeah, so Nav Badja is the Raptors super fan. Um, he's a gentleman who has attended every single Raptors game for the last Basketball, 25 years or plus, because uh, he's been a fan since the very inception of the team. Anyway, uh, the point being is that, yeah, he's, he's a guy that's gained a lot of media notoriety. He's a very personable guy. He's, he's a well-known businessman. 
Um, you know, he was featured on TV quite a bit, especially during the Raptors uh, championship run, which was two years ago. And yeah, we had talked about, you know, the sports super fans and, and Clark, you had uh, provided me with a challenge to uh, reach out to, to Nav Badger and, and try to make contact with him, mm-hmm. see if there's even any feasibility as to whether or not he would be a guest on our podcast. Yes, um, and you went through to his charitable organization, I think, right? Yeah, so I, I didn't get any traction through the charitable organization, but I reached out to you went down his, and his saw place him of fit. business. Yeah. So okay. he he operates, owns and operates two Hyundai dealerships out in Mississauga. Um, so I, I contacted his, uh, his his information that was on the uh, on his website for his his dealerships. Yep, and um, yeah, I had spoken to one of his assistants, just explaining, you know, a little bit about. We talked about this, what what the podcast uh, stands for, some of the the topics. This was live. You had a live person. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked directly to his assistant. Um, ex- explained our motivation and and talked about how we want to uh, hear about his experiences being a sports superfan. Yeah. So believe it or not, I actually got a response back directly from Nav that same day. So he okay. called me back. I actually did talk to him. Oh my goodness. This yeah. is awesome. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. Okay. Um, this is much better than a, he said no through like some corporate, like uh, canned boilerplate email response. Okay. You yeah, spoke to him. Yeah. Don't, okay, no, but he, he actually called me back directly. So yes, I have, I did speak to him. Okay, wait, I want to know, like, did you see your phone, the display came up and it had his name on it, it or did, did you know yeah. it was him? So yeah, it's a it Nav did. Badger. Now, mm-hmm. did you clarify how he pronounced his name? Uh, no, I didn't go into that much detail. Okay, so uh, you saw it on I, the display. Were you like, holy shit? Yeah, I'm like, He's calling oh, wow. me. Yeah, I was, I was very surprised. It's like, oh my goodness. I was, I honestly, I was not expecting him personally to call me back. I was expecting yeah. some assistant or his like business manager or something That's like amazing. that. That's amazing. Okay. So yeah, he took the time out to give me a call back. So I, I do have his phone number, by the way, so we could, uh, you know, we could keep calling and harassing him. <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, what did he no, say? The, so the point- wait, tell me exactly what happened when you, when you, when you pressed, what's the word, the, the, um, the little green button on yeah. the phone. What, what, what did, what, what, what happened? So, yeah, um, when I answered the call, he had asked me questions about uh, our podcast. Um, he wanted to know how many listeners we had. And, mm. you know, that's where I was like, well, we're still oh, working my, on that. Um, no, no, no. But, that's where you say, oh, well, I don't have that kind of information. That's our producer who would have that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Cut, cut to the chase here. The point being is that. Um, in order to get him to appear on any kind of, I guess, for any kind of media requests, whether it's a podcast or some kind of an interview or yeah. TV, radio, whatever it is, um, he asked for a $5,000 donation to a charity. I mm. believe World Vision it was one of the charities that he had mentioned. Okay. So he said, yeah, you typically for any podcast, you would need to have a lot of subscribers to be able to justify spending that kind of money to be able to, um, you know, make the charitable contribution. Okay. Well, wait a sec. So does, if we just give him $5,000, does he do it to, no matter how many listeners we have? Yeah, he would. If, so if people what if we had a million in, listeners, would he do it for free? 
No, I well he he doesn't. Okay, technically yes, he he does it for free himself, but he asks for charitable donations so that any media requests or any any work that he does outside of you know out, outside of his his business, um, that money goes to a, a charitable organization. So, Regardless you know, of listeners. Yeah. Yeah. But was he just asking about listeners just for the interest question? No, because or? he wanted to know how big of a podcast we were to be able to find out if we could afford to oh. pay that $5,000. So if we were the Joe Rogan show, he'd probably ask for like a hundred grand or something. I, th- that I don't know. That's a good question. If, yeah, if I was, yeah, if I said, hey, I'm Joe Rogan here, then it'd be, oh, yeah, yeah the price is 100000 <laughs> So he was basically sounding you out to see what our potential affordability might be for his... I, I don't know. That 5000 could be a flat rate. I, for yeah, all I know. Okay. So in, in fairness, yeah, that 5000 could be could be a flat rate no matter okay. who you are. Okay, that's but, good to know. Yeah, all he right. was saying he's a very um, busy guy because he was saying even if he could do it, he wouldn't be available to like next spring. Like he's that booked up Um, because he said he's very busy right now. I think he he mentioned that he's working on a movie or something. Maybe they're doing a documentary on him. But yeah, this, it just underscored the, the notion that, yeah, he is a very, um, this, he's a famous guy. Like he is very much in demand. Um, All from being a guy that attended a whole bunch of Raptors games. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like it's, uh, yeah. Like in our, the, the episode we talked about him, which was, you know, maybe two episodes ago. Um, yeah, we, we, we touched on the fact that, that he has reached that celebrity status. Yeah. Where he's a celebrity for being a sport, the, the Raptors super fan. So he has all sorts of media requests. You know, they're, they're doing a documentary on him, all that kind of stuff. The fact that he's booked up until, you know, May or June or whatever it was. You know, and, and this is a guy that still likes to be in Toronto to attend the Raptors games, um, which is obviously his first love. And he's still got a business to run. He, as I said, he owns a couple of Hyundai dealerships, so he's he's still a, sure. an active businessman that that is still has a he still has his day job. So, so is he the Hyundai I'm your guy guy? Do you know? I think yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll play a clip of that so people know what we're talking yeah. about. But, but all right. Way, so it's, did he... it's it was cool to say, hey, I've I talked to Nav Badger. So there you go. Absolutely. But unfortunately, okay. unfortunately, we can't get him on the show. I, I unless Who says? people five thousand well, hey, dollars. Maybe some of our listeners, if they want to, you know, have a start sending in money and chip in five bucks here and there. Well, we'll uh, we'll do a, a hey with the know, amount of listeners we have. It's not going to take that long. Well, hey, let, let's uh, let's keep advertising, man. Let's uh, get more listeners on board. Okay. And it, well, if, I we, ask- if, if we get like 100,000 listeners, then, hey, we'll be famous and we can get Nav on no problem at all. Okay. I got to ask you, how long did this call last for that you had with him? I don't know, about three, four minutes. Oh, that's it? That was pretty yeah. fast. Yeah, well, I was straight to the point. He he's a busy guy. Like he, you know, he he got. Was to it, the how point. was the it tone of voice? Was it like, "Hey, listen, bud, look, here's how it works. How many listeners you got?" Well, okay. yeah, kind of. Like he he wasn't around for chit chatting because was he I'm a nice sure sounding he, guy? Like did he sound nice, or was yeah, it like kind of yeah. down a bit, like Kevin O'Leary? Well, Dragon's it was, Den it was kind of he stuff. was business like. I I think he he has probably a lot of calls, and 
you know, I guess he, he has to be quick and to the point and, and sort of weed him out pretty fast because I'm sure he probably gets a ton of phone calls from people that, you know, he needs to kind of vet them quickly yeah. to, to figure out if I'm this amazed is something. He, here's the takeaways I have here. So $5,000 to get him on. Did he say how long that would get him that we would have him for if we if we did that? No, we didn't go into that much detail. Like, do we get him for like half hour or do we get him for... I don't I know. I mean, the 5,000 piece, we got to get... Let, let's get the 5,000 first, and I can ask those questions. Well, I'm impressed that he actually made a, a personal call to you. I think that's pretty cool. I am, too. I am, too, because I, I was not expecting him to call me back, personally. Yeah. I was expecting, like, a business manager or some assistant or something like that to say, sorry, he's not available. Yeah, so yeah. I, that's that's a big takeaway for me, mm-hmm. the fact that he made a personal call to you. Yep. You brushed with a bit of celebrity. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I well, guess we're, we... We're may- celebrities, we're minor luminaries, right? We are celebrities. Yeah. And there's probably a definition, you should look up that while I'm talking, definition yeah. of celebrity. <laughs> um, we could start a GoFundMe page. Yeah, well, hey, we talked about that before, GoFundMe pages. People uh, donate to GoFundMe pages for all sorts of weird and strange causes 5,000 we should be able to do that yeah well hey if um, we each put in 25 $2,300 a piece that'll get us 4,600 and then we get uh, the rest collected by our legions of fans mm-hmm. or well, we'll hey, do if, a matching if, if, if why don't Adams, we do a matching if, if Adams and barbecue can get all that kind of money for legal defense funds then maybe we can do that no, we're nowhere near enough. We're not yeah. polarizing enough. To, yeah, we to, need to, to have some that. some hot topic here. Like, yeah. All right. Well, that's cool, man. Personal call from Nav Badger. Very impressive. Well done. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about my return to the office because I know you were curious about that. Yeah, I saw in your Facebook post there that. Um, you know, you're happy to have made that transition from having a windowless basement to a nice view on the 54th floor at the uh, First Canadian Place Tower, which is, um, for those who are unfamiliar with Toronto, First Canadian Place is one of Are you of revealing the... coordinates of my workplace? <laughs> well, I'm not giving the actual municipal address. You said you named the building and you named yeah. the floor. Okay. Well, anyway, you're you're in a tall office building and you have a nice view of the city of Toronto. So there you go. All right, I'm beeping that information yeah. out. Okay, you don't want weird packages showing up in your office? Weird people standing in the lobby saying, Clark, Clark, uh, we want to have Badge on your show. Here's $100. <laughs> people asking for autographs. Yeah. There he is, the minor luminary. So, yes, I went back to the office uh, for our team has decided has made a decision we're going to come in once a week every Wednesday. Oh shoot, I just told people when I'll be when they can find me in this office that you located mm. gave the details of its location. Well, we'll have the Clark Luby fan club there. Yeah, I'm sure with their signs. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, so it must must have been weird to to be going back to work because I guess we should point out the fact that you've been at your company now for about a year. And, you know, obviously you joined at the height of the COVID lockdowns. You're going to name the company while you're revealing yeah. personal information? No, I will, about not, I will not name name the, the, the company. Um, but yes, you have started your company, your nondescript company. Uh, and this is... I started working at it. I didn't start a company. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this is your, your first time in about a year that you were going into the office to see your colleagues face-to-face. That must be... Uh, 
that in itself, like for, for anyone else going back to the office after a year would be kind of a strange experience, but especially for you, because, you know, you've been at a, at a company for a year and the first time going in the office, it's like going back to school or something like that. Well, sort of like I've never had, never been in the office before. Like this was, I, I started, yeah, I started working there and have never actually had a first day in the office. And so I had that uh, last, well, two weeks ago, I guess now. So yeah, I can, I can share quickly some of the things I, I found out or felt during this return. Um, first of all, the building that we work in is one that my dad actually worked in years ago. So I had some personal history with this building. And in fact, I also worked in it because I worked in the mail room of my dad's company, not my dad's, but the company he worked at, uh, well, 30 years ago. So, um, that was kind of interesting thinking, wow, here we are 30 years later, I'm back in the building. Um, so I decided we had official meetings were taking place on a, on a Thursday. And I decided I was going to go in on the Wednesday anyway to do a kind of a practice run. So that it wasn't my first time on the day that we had uh, our meetings. So I drove, I drove down mm-hmm. traffic, not too bad getting down there, but I'll tell you, I was cursing so many times because I'm like, <laughs> I hate driving. Yeah. I hate people cutting me off, you know, and, and, stop and go, stop and go. And you should point out that, yeah, you chose to drive versus taking the commuter train. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I did that because I wanted to know what the experience would be like driving. And I, I, I learned that it was not fun. Yeah. And it's where even though we're still sort of technically in a lot of COVID, well, you know, the numbers of people commuting into the office are still lower because of COVID, but, you mm-hmm. know, traffic is still returned. <laughs> there was traffic, especially when you go back. So on the way down wasn't terrible, but you still have to, you still have a certain amount of cognitive energy that you have to deploy to drive somewhere. You know, you get on a train, you can close your eyes and it takes you where you need to go. On a, in a car, you have to think and do and worry about what other people are doing, you know. So it's, it's, a, it takes cognitive energy. Um, so first thing, the parking lot I parked in was packed and it was like, I parked in the building. So I had to go down like four or five floors with every single parking spot was taken. So it was a lot of people obviously had, had driven in. Um, I didn't know what side of the building even to enter on. Remember I phoned you and I said, Hey, where's the entry point into the building? Cause I didn't mm-hmm. know that. And you, you right, helped yeah. me out. You got on Google and told me. So when I got to the elevators, once I got parked and got up there, first thing when it ha- that happened is when I tapped, it said access denied. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, maybe cause I've never used this card before that they've denied me access. So I went over to the security desk and they told me that I was actually trying to go to the wrong floor. And uh, once that got corrected, I uh, I got the, the elevator banks that I use won't don't I have the, you don't have to tap to go into them. So again, revealing things if you want to stalk me, you don't have all that much security yeah. to go through. So I'm writing this down. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> um, no more than four people allowed on an elevator. And we are, as you mentioned, on a high floor in the building. So it takes probably like two minutes to get to your, your stop because there's so many floors, but only four people are allowed on the elevator at one time. They have little stickers on the ground, like people have seen. I have to say one thing I really liked about being in the office was that I didn't have to set up a meeting to talk to someone. I could see them and say, Hey, Jim, how's it going? 
rather than ping Jim through a Teams <laughs> message or Skype and set something up. Or That's I like right. the yeah. ad hoc ability to just say, hey, oh, let's talk about this account versus having to like set up a special time. Well, it's like you could, I guess, resurrect the, the whole like water cooler talk. So, obviously, your weekend, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which and, was something to be said for that because there you're is. right, like being like I, I you know, with with my job, although I'm home based, um, you know, the opportunity to be able to go into the office and just have chit chat and, and just to see people and have those informal conversations and just it doesn't even have to be anything work related. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it's a nice. lot of that has gone by the wayside. So it's nice to be able to do that once again. Exactly. A um, couple other things. I I took lunch down in, we call them food courts here. I don't know if the other people call it that in other parts of the world, but it's basically f- food uh, options inside the building you know, on the main floor, not, not in our office itself. But went down to the food court, and I'll tell you one thing that totally like blew my mind was how expensive food is in the building hmm. and how much I had forgotten about the daily exp- I don't know if you take your own lunch. Do you take your lunch to work or do you don't? Well, we, that's a whole other topic, yeah. but some people take their lunches in to work. Some people eat out. Um, so I had not packed a lunch and I decided to go out for lunch and I went to Pumpernickels. It's a, uh, you know, Pumpernickels, like mm-hmm. sandwiches and salads. Yeah. The, uh, the schnitzel sandwiches are a specialty. Did you have one? Oh, yeah. Those were, no, I just had, I decided to have a salad and be healthy. So uh-huh. get this the salad is $9.95 plus $4.95 if you want a protein of some type. So oh. like if you want to add roast chicken or s- salmon or, or egg or something that's like a protein. So that's $9.95 plus $4.95. You're now into like $14 territory, $15 territory plus tax. This salad was over $16. You add a drink to that, 20 bucks easily. Well, I didn't add a drink to it. Food court lunch. Well, yeah, 20 bucks easily. And um, it just made me realize this is not sustainable. I can't go mm-hmm. down and spend $16 a day on – and it was a healthy food option too. Yeah. So, that that, that st- stuck out to me is that this is not – this is maybe you go numb to that after yeah. some period of time. It's hard to go numb to $16. I, I look at a typical food court, you know, or if you're around 10 bucks, 12 mm-hmm. max. <laughs> but anyway, I, I – uh, that was just – Big time shock when I saw that. Yeah. I remember when, well, both of us have been sort of in our respective industry now for about 20 years. I remember, you know, the first time, you know, commuting downtown, going to the food courts, you know, you could still get the quote unquote $5 lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's those days are long gone. But yeah. That, well, there's that, inflation th- now. So let's say now it's yeah. the $10 lunch or the yeah. $8 lunch. Because like, five was cheap back then. That was like true. 20 years but ago. You, $5 was pretty cheap for a lunch. But your point about the cost of food, and this is a topic in itself. We can maybe, you know, talk about this in a future episode. But yeah, the cost of, of food has gone up a lot. Like in it grocery has. stores everywhere. Restaurants, um, yeah. restaurants, like inflation has gone up. So yeah, we can we can talk about that in some other episode. But yeah, so the other so the, the other thing I'll, for you to be back in the office, it, it was. And the, I'd say the other thing that was great was that I got to meet people face to face that I've only seen on tiny little screens, right? Like little boxes and 
Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever. So it was nice to see some people. There were few where I had to actually try to figure out who it was because in the common areas, you have to wear a mask in the office. So if you go up to get a drink or go to the washroom, you have to uh, wear a mask if you leave your desk and go around. So you would run into people and you'd be like, I hear the voice. I think I know who it is. It's muffled because of the mask. I can't. T-. And then it's like, oh, Allison, so nice to see you. So when you talk to people in your company, though, um, I guess, is it live meetings where you have, you're seeing them face to face over like a Zoom or something? Or is it sort of like a profile picture that shows up? Depends. Some people, yeah. a lot of people don't put up their video. They'll just have their profile picture yeah, or whatever. It's, it's interesting if you meet people for the first time and say, hey, you don't look anything like your profile picture. Well, I had that happen with somebody who I did meet face to face, and I didn't recognize them. They were, um, they were. Uh, I, I ran up to this, I walked up to this guy, and I said, "Oh, hi, I'm I'm Clark." And he said, "Hey, it's Don." And realized that this, I said, "Don, oh my God, you!" And I wanted in my mind, I'm thinking, "You look much thinner and more fit than I expected you to look." <laughs> Which was a good thing, I guess. Yeah, than the other well, way it's around. a good thing. Yeah, if you say, "Whoa, buddy, what happened to you?" <laughs> <laughs> camera does add conversation. Camera does add the pounds, but uh, yeah. but I did find that like some people are oh wow I had no idea you were that tall or oh I thought you were taller like all these weird things that come up now when we start meeting people face to face. Absolutely. Hold on a sec. I got to tell my kids to to be quiet here. Hot mic. Hot mic. Yeah. Guys, I, I I hear you. Kelly, yeah. can you close the door to my office, please? We'll keep that in. All right. So, yes, a successful visit. I took the train, by the way, the next day. Okay. Much easier, much better. Um, so, I was, I, I had a, a business lunch on that day, and it was just great seeing people face to face. And so, yeah, I, um, I had a good time in the office, and I'm actually thinking I might bump it up to two regular days a week, maybe even a third. Okay. So, we have a new idea. We're going to do a, a rapid fire section. So we've got a few topics that we cobbled together and we're going to do a rapid fire. I'm actually going to set a timer and it's for two minutes. And for each of these topics, some might be challenging for us not to talk, want to talk for more than two minutes. Others are kind of quick. I've got about seven or eight things here. So I'm going to just let everybody hear what the sound is when the timer goes. It's a old fashioned... a boxing bell. Okay. So when that sound goes off, we get to just finish our uh, last sentence or two, but we have to move on to the next thing. So you, uh, you understand how it works? Yeah. Let's kick it off. Two minutes. All right. Okay. Um, a few of these topics, some are mine that I came up with, some are yours. And, uh, Let's identify that when we bring the when we do it. I'll say whose idea okay. it is. So okay, so let me make sure I got this timer thing working right. All right, so I'll hit it as soon as I finish announcing the topic. And we don't we we each have it's a combined two minutes, but that doesn't you talk for two, I talk for two. Yes, yeah, yeah. The round has two minutes, sure. right? Okay. Um, this is your topic: storage yeah. facilities. Timer starting now. Storage facilities. Okay, so storage facilities, um, 
Certainly in my area, in where I live in Whitby, there's so many of these storage facilities that are being built. And these are large buildings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just got me thinking that obviously there's a huge boom going on because, as I said, most commercial properties that you see going up are probably these storage facilities. And it got me to thinking... Like, you mean why? constructing construction yeah, like, there, of buildings or storage facilities? Well, the, facilities. the construction of the storage facilities. So obviously there's a massive demand for these things. Mm-hmm. So I realize that part of the demand is probably because a lot of people are maybe, you know, maybe downsizing or moving into condos, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of condos where I live, but nevertheless, it got me to thinking: why, why suddenly this demand for storage facilities? And, and I don't—that's just speculation as to what what the reason for that is. But it begs the question here: why not throw your shit out? Like instead of paying money, and I know these places aren't cheap to to have these storage facilities. They can well, be like a couple hundred dollars a month or more, yeah, depending exactly. on how big they are. Yeah. Exactly. Like these are pretty fancy facilities. People okay, so these are make, climate controlled facilities. Climate controlled most, facilities. People most should be, often. People should be concentrating on throwing their stuff out, purging. Because if rather you're putting than building these, rather than than spending all this money on these massive, mm. you know, to pay for these storage facilities. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the people are, there's a lot of junk out there and people are really like into having possessions and, and not getting rid of them. And they, they're built, they're buying real estate to, to house the shit. And exactly. uh, I agree. I heard a great tip from a person I used to work with. He said, if you're going to have a storage facility, get it near a dump because yeah. it's the next place everything's going. What's the expression? If you haven't looked at it in like a, a year or five years, it probably needs to go to the dump. Yeah. Oh, there there's go. our timer. Right on two minutes. Yeah, we're getting good well, at this. We're All right. pros. And next one. Let's fire okay. them up here. All right. Uh, next one is surprise parties. Like them? Hate them? Have you ever thrown one for somebody? What's your overall opinion on surprise parties? You're asking me? I don't... I personally don't like them. I, I have held surprise parties for people, and that actually is kind of fun. It's fun. You don't it, like it them, is. but it's fun to hold them yeah, for other it, people. It's, yeah, I know it's a weird response. I don't like them myself, but I yeah, like... Yeah, I wouldn't do this to myself, but yeah. I'd do it to others. Because, okay, for example, my wife, she does like surprise parties. And I, I have, I, you know, I, I have... Likes to give them or get them? Like to, Likes to get them. So you I sure? have... Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, having holding surprise parties is, is kind of cool if, if you're the organizer. But for me, I'm kind of a, a guy that likes to plan. I don't know. I like to know what's going on. I, I don't know. I'm not really big into surprises. I, I like to have a party, sure, but I like to know about it. Uh, I think a lot of that? people... Well, I think a lot of people don't like surprises and yeah. that like to plan like you just described. And I think that... Uh, more often than not, and this is just my total opinion here, more often than not, surprise parties are not a welcomed thing by the recipient. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, especially if you're really caught off guard, or if you're wearing the wrong thing, or you don't have control over the guest list. It's like, oh, hey, everyone. Who are all these wackos in my so living like, room that so just jumped out from behind a couch? Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Like, that's kind of freaky when you think about it. Like, I know my mom... My dad held a surprise party for my mother once for her 40th, I think it was. And she, he took her out to a restaurant and then everybody came back to the house and was in the house. And my mother came home and 
I think did her darndest to pretend to be happy and excited and surprised. <laughs> but yeah. I know knowing my mother, not something that she would have appreciated. Yeah. So she, she didn't, yeah, I guess great example where, yeah, if you're sort of caught off guard and you're not, well, in, hey, if, if you have like 20, 30 people in your house, you got to be in the mood to be able to entertain those people. You got to build it up. Exactly. Well, yeah. There's our timer. Um, okay. Next. What's next? Next topic is, I don't know really what this is about. It's your topic. You find one glove or a shoe on the street. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the, my question on, on this one is, why why does this happen? Because you get, have you ever thought about, okay, when you when you drive along the road and you see one shoe in the middle of the road, like, how does it get there? Like, why? Why is there just one shoe? And where's the other shoe? And how do you lose a shoe on the road? And if you're going to lose a shoe, why would you have it on the road? I don't get it. This is so bizarre to me. All right. And my wife and I, we talk about this all the time where it's like you see one shoe on a road, you know, a shoe hanging over like like a hydro pole or something like that. That's a valid. Okay. Well, wait a sec. The the hydro pole one, there's some kind of lore to that or some type of, apparently they said gang activity in the area. If you see like a pair of laced up shoes strung over a telephone wire. I've heard that. Yeah. You'd have to research that a little bit more. I think they've dispelled that myth, but. uh, Yeah. Like there's also the, the one glove concept and I can sort of see where the glove comes from because it can fall out of someone's pocket. So I can understand the glove, but still, you still see gloves in weird places like in a bathroom or just, you know. Yeah. They left it behind. Yeah, I, I guess so. The the glove is not as weird as the one shoe. I like or, the one like, shoe. Like the one sock. Like, why just one sock? Okay, let's think about this. Remember my seek first to understand, then to be understood? Mm-hmm. Remember that? What is the reason, possibly, that one shoe could be in the middle of a street? Let's use that philosophy well, for a second. That's the problem. I can't think of a reason. Why would there be one shoe? I'm... I'm, I'm Trust me, I've given a lot of thought to this, believe it or not. And I don't have no idea why there would be one shoe in the middle of the road. I have a theory. Okay, let's hear it. A uh, bunch of teenagers driving along. One steals one guy's shoe, throws it out the window as a joke. Yeah, well, there's a lot of them, though. It's, it's way too common of occurrence. So, hey, last thoughts on this. If any of our listeners have any theories or any information as to why there'd be one shoe on the street, let us know. I'd really like to hear that. Next topic, Halloween candy. How much is too much? Um, We just celebrated Halloween here, and I'll start the timer. This was my topic, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, okay, so Halloween candy. I I researched, actually, a little bit of information on Halloween, and... um, because I thought I, I I was a bit embarrassed about Halloween this year. I base so in in Canada and some other countries they have trick or treating, which is kids go door to door and they collect candy, and so everybody buys candy so they can have it for that event. I was ripping into our candy in like mid September, um, no mid October I should say, um, and I started wondering how much of this could I eat before I actually had some type of a health reaction, you know like like a heart attack or a diabetic shock or something. So I looked it up and the um they say that the the human body can take that 262 
pieces of fun-sized Halloween candy, uh, or sixteen hundred and twenty-seven pieces of candy corn, are the uh, are, is the magic number of what will send you over the line. It would mean you'd need to be hospitalized. It's a they call it a median lethal dose. Hmm. I never knew about that. And this is research from the American Chemical Society. So, so basically, those box of of favorites, like the, it's a box of a hundred, you'd have to polish off two straight boxes, well, two and a half of those boxes. That's a lot of candy. Yeah. So there's usually about a hundred pieces in each box. So yeah. you know, more than two boxes. So if you if you camp sat down on your couch with two boxes of Halloween candy and ate them all. At, at a, a 200, I don't know how they come up with 262 pieces exactly. There actually is a way to calculate. They call it your, your LD50, which is called um, the median lethal dose of sugar or sucrose, which is the quantity of substance that's lethal for 50% of the subjects in a test group. I'll post the link to this, but okay. they figured average is about 262 pieces. Well, I've been pacing them out because my son came home with a pretty large bag and, well, you've got two kids, so you've got double the amount of candy. But, you know, if you pace it out, then uh, it's good for you, right? <laughs> All so, right. In other so, words, uh, d- don't be binging on that uh, Halloween candy. you got to pace it out till Christmas time. I have to cut off everything you just said because you went past the timer. No, no. This is all important stuff. Okay. Last. No, we got two more to go. Um, Clark's. Well, no, let's. Yeah, I was going to say let's do one of yours, but I guess the last two are kind of mine. Um, Clark's Solomon Shoe Good News Story. I wanted to share with everyone a very good news product story. We tend to just talk about negative ones. I had a pair of Solomon shoes I was using to run in the wintertime with. They're like running, outdoor running shoes, for, meant for like nature running and stuff like or trail running. And it developed on the side of them. One shoe had a, a slight hole that was starting on it. I was like, I've only had these for about four months now. This is kind of ridiculous. So I contacted Solomon. Well, first I called a, a Amazon because uh, Amazon is um, where I bought them. Did, did and Amazon. F- Sorry, I was going to say, did you did you fight the urge of throwing the defective shoe in the middle of the road? <laughs> there you go. Maybe that's it, Paul. Yeah. Maybe that's it. So I called Amazon first. They said if it's been purchased more than 30 days ago, you have to go to the manufacturer. I'm like, oh, great. So I contacted Solomon. Right away, customer service told me what I needed to do. They said, take a picture of the soles of the shoe, the part of the shoe where it's damaged, the, the hole as I described, and send it to us along with the original bill of sale. And so I did. And it came back within 48 hours. I had a coupon code for $150 for Solomon shoes. I only paid $120 for them. So I was very impressed with that, that they didn't just give me the amount of the the purchase price. They actually gave me um, $150 towards the shoe. So I had to kick in a little extra to get in an, actually an even nicer pair. But uh, I was really impressed with how fast they turned it around. Well, and that's great that you're sharing like the good news story because you're right. We we do well, media in general tends to focus on like the, the negative aspects and the mm-hmm. customer complaints. So yeah, that that's good to know that there is you know manufacturers out there that value their customers. And yeah, it's I'm glad to hear that that you got resolution of that. Like not only a quick response, but something that sort of exceeded your expectations. All right, and our final, get this bell off, our final rapid fire is 
it's a LinkedIn thing again, which um, I talked about that in the previous episode with Teresa. But um, this specifically is those posts you see where somebody... Okay, I'll start the timer after I finish. This is about when you see those posts, like it'll be a picture of an old man in a chair with a sign saying something like, uh, I was a f- I was in the World War II bomber, 49th bomber battalion, whatever. Um, I could really use 100,000 likes. Now, this was posted on, on Memorial Day, so Remembrance Day. So, it was sort of fitting the theme. But the idea was this old man in a chair. I think it says, I'm 91 and I was in, in the war. I would like 100,000 likes, please. This yeah, was on LinkedIn. And you saw this a lot, well, LinkedIn and, and a lot a lot on Facebook as well, where, you know, I think especially I'm starting during, the timer. Okay. Especially during COVID, uh, when a lot of seniors were, were kind of, you know, held, um, you know, I guess sort of captive held. in their, yeah, captive in their, uh, their, uh, long-term care facilities or nursing homes, whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. you would see like photos of I'm turning a hundred. Can I get a hundred birthday cards or something like right. that? It's right. been around for a while. Okay, so my theory on this is that 80% of the people that you see that, like when it's an old person, like who's like 91 or turning 100, have no idea what's going on in the sense that they have not said, they've not written this sign, posted it on LinkedIn. This is the fabrication of some niece or, or grandchild who has a little more in tune with social media has said, here's a way for me to get a popular post out on LinkedIn by taking my 92-year-old grandfather, sitting him in a chair, putting a sign in his hands and saying, Grandpa, hold this sign up. I want to take a picture. It's for a class assignment. And next thing you know, he's on LinkedIn with 86,000 likes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think so? Yeah. Do you think that theory is right? Yeah, I think so because it makes you wonder like the the motivations behind it. Who's in the background? You know, as you said, who wrote that sign and who said, "Yeah, let's use old you know grandpa here and let's see if we can get a hundred birthday." I don't want to sit in this chair. I just want to lie down. Yeah, yeah. Like you you wonder. What's the sign say? Is it more? Yeah. All right, enough there, grandpa. It's uh. Yeah, you wonder is it is it more for the people that are trying to organize it? Is this supposed to be like a you know some kind of a project? You know, are are the intentions genuine? Lots, lots probably of, not. Lots of questions have to be asked on this. I, I think um, I'd like to explore this a little bit more because I'm I'm I want to write on the back of the sign like you know ninety six kills, um, twelve POWs tortured. Um, $5 billion in property destruction, uh, you know, all the things that happened as a result of this man's participation in the war. Give him 100,000 likes. Okay, well, that concludes the rapid fire. Yeah, your, your bell is going a bit crazy there. I, I know, it's, but it's, I created really the round. You're really uh, getting the cane off I the had stage to get, there. I had to get that in there. They dragged me out. Yeah, they definitely dragged you out on that one. This episode is brought to you by Pace Painting. Pace Painting, serving all your painting needs, whether commercial or residential. Reach Pace Painting at paintwithpace at gmail.com or via their Facebook page, Pace Painting, Inc. Or call Peter at 289-356-7744. Paint with Pace. What we're watching. 
Paul, we're almost at an hour. We got to wrap this up, but we want to finish up with a quick what we're watching. Um, right now, I am watching the new Ricky Gervais, well, newish Ricky Gervais show called Afterlife. It's on Netflix. Man, Ricky Gervais, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but he is so talented as a writer and a director. And this show, Afterlife, uh, is a unbelievable display of his acting abilities. He is amazing. The range of emotions he has to portray between sadness and you know, his usual, um, you know, banter, humorous stuff. But he's, in fact, I guess in this one, he doesn't have a huge range. What I'm seeing more in this than other things is his ability to show sadness and show feelings and click. It's it's hard to describe it. Um, the, the quick premise of it is he's a, a man whose wife just died from cancer and he's tries to commit suicide and fails or just stops at the last second. And uh, as he said in the Oscar or the Golden Globes, he said, I'm not spoiling anything for you because there's a season two. He didn't really commit suicide. <laughs> so um, anyway, it's uh, dark black. Co- it's black comedy. I mean, that's the definition of this type of uh, show, black comedy. Um, it- it's just awesome. Awesome. And I recommend it. Uh, I recommend it. Netflix. There's, three seasons there's a third season coming soon okay yeah good to know yeah if it's on netflix definitely it's uh, easy to check that one out mm-hmm. all um, right what do you got anything listening watching so, reading yeah a new show that i uh, just started to get into is succession mm. why did you say it that way succession were you did you, were you swallow did your breath got gave out on you no no so what's the show succession okay that's okay. better all right Anyway, um, so yeah, I've just started to get into it. I, I know that, um, believe they just started a season three. So it's been out for a little while. So I'm a little late to the game. Um, but I've, I'm, as I said, my wife and I, we just started it. So we're about maybe four or five episodes in and really liking it so far. Um, you know, it's all about, um, so Brian Cox is, is the lead actor and he is, um, I guess like a media mogul, so like a, a Rupert Murdoch type of person that owns like this big media conglomerate. And it's a lot about the, um, I guess that the family dynamics, very sort of a dysfunctional family and everyone's kind of vying over, you know, who's going to sort of, I guess, be the heir apparent to the company. And, and it it's a lot more to it than that. And, and obviously I'm just started to scratch the surface here, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's, it's lured me in so far because very interesting, complex, dynamic characters. Characters that you don't necessarily like, but you're interested in them. Like you, you want to come back and, and see what they're all about. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily like a, a, a feel good show where it's like you like all the characters on the show. There are probably, you know, as we move along, I'm sure there'll be some people that we don't like. Um, but I think that that adds to um, to the, as I said, the complexity of the show. So I'm 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 really enjoying it so far. We're definitely going to keep plugging through it and, and make all our way to the season three and, and see where this goes because I'm I'm very interested so far. So this is also a black comedy drama. That, yeah, uh, um, I wouldn't say it's a comedy, 
but well, it's, it's a satirical black comedy drama television series. So okay. it's it's probably when it, you know what a black comedy is. Well, in okay, well, explain. Like it's, it, uh, it, define so it's black like, comedy. Yes, it's not a it's not a comedy with black people in it. <laughs> that black comedy is like dark humor, morbid humor, or they call it gallows humor. So okay. it makes light of subject matter that's considered like taboo um, or serious and painful to discuss, which is very similar to Afterlife. Mm, okay. So is it like that? It's got these dark yeah, topics, guess, but they make so. light yeah, of I, it. I guess you could apply that to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I see and that. It, so Brian Cox is a Scottish guy. Yeah. Is he Scottish in the show or does he have an American accent? Um, he, well, it's interesting. They, they mentioned that he, he originally came from Scotland so they they do actually touch on that 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 he is Scottish, but um, in the show he is obviously American and he he does have an American accent. Um, okay, but yeah, they they do that is addressed in in the show. It's interesting. This uh, yeah. the the summary of what it is about reminds very much of the Rogers Media story going yeah, on here well, in that, Canada. That's the other thing too is that it, it really is a fascinating story when you think about it. it probably the fight happens, for the control of the yeah, family. It, it, it happens a lot more than you probably think it does within corporate within the corporate world, and we're seeing that here. Um, you know, with Rogers Communications, which is a large uh, media company here in Canada, um, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of um, you know, a lot of news going on recently about some of the the um, you know the infighting that's been going on within the the family that are very much behind the scenes within the the ownership of the overall um, uh, company. So, yeah, I guess when there's not only millions but billions of dollars at stake, um, you know, it, it makes people do weird things. It makes families go against each other. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, money makes money makes people do interesting stuff. That's for sure. And I should also point out, uh, we mentioned before uh, one of my favorite shows, Yellowstone, is back. Mm-hmm. Season four just came right. out. So yeah, uh, you, you got to get caught up on that. I know. I'm only in end of season two. Yeah, but it's a great show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I like some of the shows that that have been mentioned. I, uh, many of them I've enjoyed, and some of them I haven't watched. Superstore. I've heard some good things about. Yeah, I still haven't seen, seen Superstore. Yeah, Superstore is a great show. I know you you mentioned that one a yeah. while back. Um, I said I heard it grows on you. Superstore doesn't. It, you got to watch a few episodes. Yeah, yeah. It, it it has to grow a little bit, but it's a good show. I highly recommend it. Well, we got. Uh, Less than a minute in order to keep this episode under an hour. Anything else you want to share before we sign off? Go um, find. Oh, I know what I want to share. I, I, you can't share it because uh, I need the time. So sorry, I'm taking the mic over again. We uh, we never remember to tell people about how to get a hold of us. We talked about this. Dot net is our website, and if you want to email us. You can email us at wetalkedaboutthis99 at gmail.com. Please send feedback, questions. We do we do want to do a listener mail type segment at some point. So send us your co- subject or topic ideas, your comments. You don't like one of us. You really like one of us. Let us know. We really want to hear about that. We know those listeners are out there. Maybe there aren't a million of them like, you know, Joe Rogan has. But, uh, uh, yeah. So. That that's it. We're going to do this professionally and keep this under an hour, Paul. So you have four seconds to finish. 
Yeah, just to, um, <laughs> yeah, four seconds. Ding, ding, ding. Um, yeah, just to reiterate what you said there that, um, yeah, I, I actually have got a few texts from, you know, some of my friends who are listeners. And okay. yeah, it's, I'm going to forward this over to you. Um, but yeah, it's great to get some, some different ideas on, <laughs> quit that bell, on topics, because there's a lot of stuff that may not even occur to us. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I'm the ideas man generally in the show. Hey, I'm I give the one. some really good ideas. Give me some credit then. You, uh, you, you come up with, you come up with some ideas. Yeah. Yes. No, no. It's, it's, it's a partnership. Okay. We'd love to use it. I'll put the, sh- the contact info in the show notes too, so people can see it. But yes, reach out to us. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Suggest something. Oh, and maybe if you're even good enough, you can be on the show. That's right. Yes. Just a easy audition. All right, we got to go.